0: You're listening to Following the Way, a podcast devoted to the examination of Scripture and Christ-centered practices to help us live in devotion to the way of Jesus. Want to welcome you to this podcast as well as to those of you who are going to be tuning in on Facebook Live. This podcast is also available on Apple and on Spotify. And we also post this to our YouTube channel as a church. I want to talk here for the next little bit uh, about what is going on in the US and um, around the horrible, sickening, disturbing, and... Hard to believe incident that has happened with George Floyd and the result of it right now in the U.S. I actually ended up watching the entire ten-minute uh, video of the initial um, detainment and then uh, murder of George Floyd uh, on the streets of Minneapolis, and I I was um, appalled watching that it, it's actually hard to believe in so many ways and you ask yourself as you're watching it, you go this seems actually like it's a modern day lynching um, and in fact maybe for me as well having been in Minneapolis several times and having passed through the area where that happened and I've actually uh, been on the the light rail there in Minneapolis that's driven by or or passed by the stores uh, where the initial um, demonstration started to happen, and so it just it feels like it's very very real. And so I know for many of us right now we're we're thinking about uh, what's going on in our society. We're thinking about racial inequality. We're thinking about Uh, what black people are experiencing and what they have experienced and what we in our society, white Caucasian people who I think if we're honest, we go, I don't understand what's happening. I don't actually understand what they're going through. And I'm not going to in any way try to pretend that I do understand. I'm going to actually, like many of us are saying, I'm going to admit and say, I Fully understand that I do not understand, and yet, as a follower of Jesus, I want to be following His way and what He would say, and so that's what I want to do in this in this podcast. But you know, one of the things that I realized about myself when I consider some scenarios and situations that I've encountered um, in my life as a young person, being down in Mississippi. And being in a predominantly black area that um, as a 19-year-old Caucasian was very new to me. Or whether it was when I was younger being on the south side of Chicago taking a wrong turn. And um, wrong in that I, I didn't intend to turn that way. But then being in a predominantly black neighborhood in south side Chicago that just felt so different to me as a young white Caucasian. And I realized in myself that I had been conditioned to feel unsafe in that area. And I, I, then and now I ask myself why, when I've been in some of those situations in an area that is very unfamiliar to me with, around people that are different than me, as far as how they look and maybe their culture, why do I feel like it's so different. Why do we have a tendency to be fearful and untrusting of that which we do not know? To regard it with suspicion. And we do. that. The, the truth is that when we are fearful and um, untrusting and, and we're put into a scenario that's different, we have a tendency to regard it with suspicion and even to see ourselves as superior. That is something that we need to be honest about. And, you know, what's happening right now all across the United States, which I also am going to be very upfront and say I do not understand all of it, but there are rolling crises that are hitting our world. And I believe that we are seeing the myth of progress and achieving this idea of utopia in our cultures that is centered around man and what we can do and what we will achieve That is being shattered in our culture again and again and again. And it's being, and it's, and we're losing control and we're feeling the loss of control and we're feeling the unsettledness. And again, it's so helpful to remind ourselves, God is allowing this to happen. God is, in fact, he is very much saying in these days, are you paying attention to what is happening? But. There's also large segments of people in the midst of these crises. We cannot forget there are large segments of people. And when it comes to Black Lives Matter and when it comes to what's happening in the U.S. and the protests, there are large segments of people that feel hopeless and without a voice. They are living in utter hopelessness. And there's a systematic, systemic racism that is leaving people in desperation. They're living lives where they are desperate and they do not know. And But they know that change needs to happen. And we're seeing that the lengths to which people are willing to go in order to voice the need for that change is growing. And we need to listen and we need to love and we need to care and we need to understand that what is happening is something that God in his sovereignty is allowing to happen. And there, there's so much that we could say about this, but even the, the, the reality that the gap between the wealthy and the poor in our society and specifically when it comes to black people in America, that gap is growing steadily and it's serious and, and as a culture and I, and I lump Canada in with this because yes there's there is noticeable differences in our cultures with the US but there's also a lot of similarities and and the belief that we will achieve progress and equality that those ideas that permeate our culture and are held by large groups of people they're not working and they will not work because followers of Jesus are called to work and strive for a, society that embraces the values of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus taught. We are called as followers of Jesus to embrace the values of his kingdom and what that looks like and to and to want to live and to bring those about in our society for the good of all people. And so having said that, there is no room for any paradigm that puts one race of people over another in the kingdom of heaven. None. there, there, there is no room for that. There's, there's no hint of that, uh, in in the kingdom of God as Jesus came and taught. And so, I want to wanna today for the next few minutes uh, talk about Jesus's culture. And the racial divide, the the racial divide that was very evident in Jesus's culture at the time. And that was the racial divide between the Jews and the Samaritans. They hated one another. They they, uh, despised one another. And it was very clear. And yet Jesus specifically went out of his way to address that issue multiple times in his ministry. Now you might wonder who are the Samaritans and, and this, it's relevant because we can see how this mirrors what we're, what's going on right now in our society with the oppression of the black people, the systematic oppression of the black people that has been going on already for hundreds of years. The Samaritans were descendants from northern the Northern Kingdom of Israel when, when Israel was divided into the Northern and Southern Kingdoms after the reign of, of David and Solomon. And so there was hundreds of years of animosity that had built up between the Jewish people of the Southern Kingdom and the Samaritans, which they became, they came to be known as the Samaritans because of the city of Samaria. And so they, and and the Samaritans had over time, they had, they had mixed uh, pagan religions with the Jewish religions. And so Jewish people regarded them with disgust and they saw themselves as, as racially superior. And so in Luke ten twenty five, we come to this parable that Jesus tells. We know the passage widely as the parable of the good Samaritan, but it is a striking parable that Jesus is getting at here. And it begins with a teacher of the law. So a religious leader of the day coming to Jesus and again, asking him, as a teacher, as a rabbi, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, you know, he's asking, and, and we could take this as, what? how do we live with an eternal perspective? How do we live for eternal life? How do we live for God's kingdom? That's how we could understand this question being brought. If we're coming to Jesus, Jesus, how do I live with a mindset of bringing your kingdom into my life in the here and the now, and so that's where this discussion begins, and I want to I want to just go to it here. And so Jesus replies to him, and he says, "You, you. Sh- At first, it begins with love for God." So. Our love for God, all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, all of our mind, every fabric of our being down to the very depths of our soul. It begins with our love for God. Everything, how we treat others, and we'll get to this in this parable, begins with and proceeds from our love for God. It starts with our love for God. Out of our love for God flows love for others and our treatments of others. And so he says this. And uh, the, the sorry, the religious teacher of the law says this to Jesus. He says, because Jesus asks him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he says, you must love the Lord your God. And so Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But then it says that the, the religious leader, he says, desiring to justify himself. He says to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So he wants to, he wants to, get it down to a an answer that is uh, com- is palatable for him. And Jesus says this, Jesus responds not by giving him an answer right away. He responds with this parable. And so he tells this parable of a man who's going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, that right there, what Jesus is saying, he's, he's talking about a route that was well known in the day that... Was pe- uh, people who would rob others would would uh, would hide along this route, and so it was like Jesus is saying a man had gone into the wrong part of town. He had been he's on the wrong side of the tracks. He's he's in an area that is unfamiliar to him, and he regards and is dangerous. And so sure enough, he it says he Jesus says he fell among robbers who beat him up and left him for dead, half dead. And then Jesus says that there's both a priest and a Levite. So two religious leaders that come upon him. And both when they see him, they pass along uh, to the other side of the road. They want nothing to do with him. It's avoidance. I don't want to deal with this. It's ignoring of the situation. It's looking at the man in his plight and saying, I have no regard for this. It's not important. I have other things to do. Again, in light of where we're at right now in our society and in our culture and the response to what is happening with the racial inequality in the U.S., this is striking. And then Jesus says that a third man comes and he says, it's a Samaritan. So again, this would have been scandalous to the people hearing this. It would have been scandalous to the religious teacher, the lawyer asking Jesus these questions. A a Samaritan, these were the people that the Jewish people despised and hated and abhorred and had no regard for. They were less than them. They did not deserve to be treated the same or to have equality. But it's this man, a Samaritan, who, when he saw the man left for dead he went to him bound up his wounds and pouring oil and wine on them and then he set him on his own animal brought him to an inn and asked the innkeeper to take care of him and said i'll even pay you the equivalent of two days wages and if you there's anything else you actually have to spend on him i'll pay that too so what we see is the samaritan responds with compassion. Spent his own time, spent his own resources, personally cared for him. This would have been a parable, an account that would have left the audience that Jesus is speaking to shocked, And absolutely beside themselves, that he would put a Samaritan into that story. Why would you not put a good religious person, a good Jewish person, into that story, caring for his brother and sister? But no, Jesus puts in the people that they despised and saw as less than, and he confronts them with the question of who really is your neighbor? And so Jesus says to them, he said, which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor who fell to the man who, who was beat up and left for dead? And the religious leader says, well, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus simply says, you go and you do likewise. There, there have been, when I, when I think about what's happening right now, in the United States. There has been past moments like this in the last five years and, and even before that where there is anger and rage over the treatments of our black neighbors. And what happens is there's an uprise and it passes. And then we go on living amidst systems that do not bring change. And the way of Jesus is it calls us to something very, very different. We need to change. It's more than just about the protests. And I'm not in any way condoning the violence, the looting, and, and there's all sorts of things going on there that has nothing to do with George Floyd and have not, has nothing to do with actually the black people in society that need our help, our black brothers and sisters. There's something entirely different with some of that going on. But there is also, I know, a desire for many of us to say, we want to stand with these people and we want to see change. And systems and attitudes and heart postures need to change. And I would also say, as we look at this account that Jesus says, is Jesus is is bringing to the forefront this this horrible relationship between Jews and Samaritans. And it begins with your love for God. It is out of our love for God that we will love others. And so and vice, and and on the other hand, our love for others and our care for others will show actually our love for God. And the way of Jesus is sacrificial love, it's personal cost. It's Equality, that is what the way of Jesus upholds and stands for and calls us to. The way of Jesus is actually in opposition to everything that glorifies and exalts self at the expense of others. And so, anytime that we are glorifying ourselves and exalting ourselves at the expense of others in small ways, in big ways, in cultural ways, in systematic ways of behaving, It's in opposition to the way of Jesus. And we've got to wrestle with this truth. We've got to wrestle with that truth out of Scripture. And it has to take root in our hearts if we are going to be catalysts for change. And so I want to read something from Philippians 2 to end this podcast today. So Paul says here, he's speaking to the church. He says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ... Of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. I believe that this is not just in this moment for the totality of our lives. This is the call. This is how we, as followers of Jesus, live. This is how we are called to live our lives. This is how we are called to live in this moment. We are not looking to our own interests, we are looking to the interests of others. And so that tells me. I am to the best of my ability and to whatever I can do, I am going to stand with black people that have faced oppression and hate and inequality and violence, and it needs to stop. And so as a follower of Jesus, our call is to be filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit of God. And that's where I'm going to go in the next podcast as we think about how do we live as followers of Jesus, being filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit in these days. Bless you folks as we grapple with these serious, serious days and as we seek to be Jesus to those around us and to the black communities around us. Grace and peace to you as you go forth today.